Welcome to the Liberal Europe Podcast, European Liberal Forum Project. I'm your host, Ricard Silvestre. And today I'll be speaking with Pascal Jacobs. Pascal is a member of the steering committee at AIM for Europe, the individual members of the Alta Party, and we'll be talking about the organization, what they do, and how you can participate. And after our conversation, I'll be back to tell you about some of the events organized by ELF for this month of May. But before we go into the conversation, it is, of course, necessary to remember Hans van Balen. This was a tremendous loss for liberalism, for all the party, for all of us. On a personal note, I had the opportunity to meet Mr. van Balen in Madrid, and he was nothing but kind to me, which there was no reason for him to be because he didn't know who I was. But still, he was interested, he was friendly, and he was, as always, someone that guide us and had always a good and positive word for liberals. So it is too bad that we lost him way too early, but his memory will stay with us and we have to honor his work by continuing to promoting liberal values and ideas. I'm here with Pascal Jacobs. Pascal, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Now, it's great to have you here. And we, I've been looking for a long time to have uh, you on the podcast as one, one of the members of the steering committee for AIM for Europe. Because myself, I'm also part of AIM for Europe. Tell me, what is AIM for Europe for our listeners that don't know what we're talking about? So I'm glad to explain that to our listeners. Um, well, aim for europe actually is uh, an abbreviation of uh, all the party individual members. Um, and all the party is uh, the uh, pan-European um, political party um, with a lot of member parties from all these different countries in Europe, um, like uh, Dadas in Spain or the FDP in Germany or... D66, which is my own party in the Netherlands. Uh, the interesting point is actually that you can also be an individual member of that Pan-European Parliament, which is very unique. And um, that is uh, this, this that unique um, situation uh, which came up in 2010 for the first time. And uh, now we are with uh, about uh, 1,200 individual members from throughout uh, Europe. Um, present and debating and discussing uh, on the future of uh, of Europe, on uh, freedom, rule of law, and uh, all these great uh, liberal themes. This is a great point that you just brought up, and that is the uniqueness of having a home for people that want to be active, that want to participate in the political process, that want to be part of the liberal family but they don't have a, a home in their home country or they, they don't identify with whatever liberal forces they have on their own country. So let's stay a little bit with that because I know that some people that are listening to us right now may be thinking, wow, there is a place that I can go. So tell me about the uniqueness and how important it is for you that are inside the organization. What, pe what do people tell you about this? For me, um, I think it's uh, the, the, the main um, idea or, or USP of being an, an individual member um, 
is simply that uh, you have a chance to um, influence um, on a European level, influence politically on a European level, um, mm. whereas, let's say, the rest of our poor Europeans um, uh, can only influence European politics through their national uh, party. Uh, but if you don't, if you are in a situation that you are only, um, if you don't have a, a member party, a liberal party in your country, um, I can imagine that it's nice to uh, become a member of um, Aim for Europe, uh, simply because then you have the chance to meet um, other people who think likewise, um, who, uh, who who strive for freedom. And, and rule of law and um, uh, human rights and, and so on, which is so much a topic um, at the moment uh, throughout Europe. Yes, and we will be discussing that in a moment where I'm going to ask you to help us understand how AIM for Europe is working. But the other thing I wanted to talk to you, I have the feeling every time we have a meeting that the group is growing, there are more and more people joining in, including people from outside the European Union. So tell us a little bit of what is the status of the organization on that particular. Well, that is an interesting one. Uh, currently, there is um, a situation um, that uh, we might uh, not be able uh, anymore, I think we will not be able to anymore, to let people outside of the European Union be a full member of uh, AIM for Europe. Um, that has to do something with the uh, regulation um, in uh, Strasbourg. Um, it's like an internal regulation for the uh, financing of the European um, uh, political parties, and uh, which doesn't allow any funding from outside of the European Union. And um, it's, in short, it's seen like contributions by other people from uh, outside of Europe um, are seen as these kind of contributions. Um, so that is really the, the fee. We have only a small little fee, uh, you know, for 10 euro Europe as a student or 20 euros of Europe, uh, 20 euros as a grown-up, um, you can join. Uh, but, but still, they think that... Um, that uh, that would be an intolerable contribution uh, to uh, to the party, and so yeah. So we have to say goodbye to those members, um, but in the meantime, um, we are looking for other ways uh, to still keep these uh, these people involved. Yeah, I was going to ask you if there will be some kind of a mechanism to keep those people on board, and maybe in. A future podcast, I can ask you to come back and tell us some of the developments on that. I would really hope that I can, then I would be able to bring some good news. But uh, in the end, you know, it's it's a matter of um, all the party um, to um, to to think of ways to make um, individual membership possible for people from outside of the European Union. Um, and I hope they are doing that, and um, and they, that they will find some some solution in, in any way. Uh, but for sure, they 
the members of the current members um, uh, be the members from Italy or from the Czech Republic or um, or elsewhere uh, they really uh, love to keep um, people from outside the European Union within aim for Europe yes and it makes total sense and for our listeners that are trying to cope with yet with uh, what uh, Pascal is saying now uh, e even on the European level forum we also uh, have that reality coming crashing to uh, these organizations that are associated with the uh, European Parliament there's more restrictions there are more regulations and let's hope ag again Pascal that we can find a way to not circumvent because we don't want to do that but to be able to respect whatever indications the European Parliament give us, but on the other hand, have all those people, not all that energy of people that want to be part of the uh, liberal family, particularly in Aim for Europe. You were saying about the other party and how these things flow from some groups to the party and then the party to the groups like Aim for Europe. Can you tell us a little bit how that relationship happened? Okay, so the other um, party um, is normally having his uh, having uh, congresses and, and council meetings and so on, uh, where they talk on policy policies, European policies and, and resolutions, and uh, when they make statements uh, towards the member parties in, in uh, the different countries or towards uh, the rulers. Uh, throughout the world or within Europe. Um, and the nice thing is that uh, since I think 2015, or two, yeah, well, it was decided in 2015 in Budapest that uh, AIM, so individual members, have the uh, possibility to um, vote also in the uh, Congress. Uh, not all of them. Because then, of course, we would win <laughs> all of them. Uh, but um, but we have three votes. We have, and um, uh, so we can bring in resolutions and we can vote, and uh, we uh, yeah, we are there, and we are successful. And that is the very nice thing that uh, the last congress we attended in um, in Athens. Uh, we had uh, three successful resolutions, uh, which we are very proud of, and I can say some more about that. Um, but it, you know, it underlines the very fact that uh, all the party and uh, aim um, is, exact, is actually uh, one organization. Um, we are, you know, we are aim, and aim is all there, and we belong together. I observed that live in Lisbon in the 2014 Lisbon Congress where that was uh, a discussion already ongoing about the having voting rights for members of what is now AIM for Europe. But tell us a little bit about those three resolutions. Of course we have the resolution improvement of uh, at the situation now of liberal parties uh, within Eastern European countries. Mm -hmm. um, and we actually like to stress that um, all the party has to do uh, their utmost, uh, their best to um, uh, give these, um, 
give these liberal parties in these countries uh, the best ground to grow. I think the most important and the most flawed one was uh, the uh, resolution for um, transnationalists. Well, that, that's really, you know, a great effort uh, and also an effort where exactly the aim of all the individual membership um, is, uh, is, is, yeah, well, it's kind of crucial, you know, it's, it's, it's logical that exactly this resolution came out of um, all the individual members uh, because uh, European citizens, liberal citizens won't uh, stress out that they want to be able to vote, um, for instance, uh, for me uh, on, a, on, a, on, a, on someone from Portugal, you know, if you would be candidate for Portugal, uh, for, in, 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 for uh, all the party, uh, in in for Portugal, then uh, I would be able to vote for you. Uh, but now I only have the possibility to vote for my Dutch um, candidates. But you know, if I really admire someone from Italy or from from Germany, uh, and I would like to vote for this uh, uh, man or, or woman, then you know I can't at the moment. But with that system of transnationalists, it would be possible. So that's great that we have a majority there, uh, and uh, we'll see what happens in the future. In, in, in the future, if the resolution will once be um, common ground in the European Union. Yes, uh, transnationalism is something that has been discussed not only in Aim for Europe, but for example, Guy Versat is also one of the great proponents of that. For our listeners inside the. Uh, the member states in, in the European Union then that are listening to this and they would like to be more active to participate. The first one, of course, it's to get to know AIM for Europe. But then tell us a little bit how does things work from the regional level all the way to the steering committee and to the Congress? Well, actually we have um, a quite, quite a simple um, structure. <laughs> Um, we started, uh, you know, we, we just started with meetings and uh, we had some fun, you know, when uh, we went uh, to all different uh, countries and, and places in, in Europe, uh, like Portugal in 2014, with, uh, if I'm right, I wasn't really remember then, but at the time with uh, uh, Miss uh, Margaret Vestager. And, um, We've been uh, to um, uh, Bulgaria, where we saw the king, and we've been in in Athens in bookshops and in Maastricht in 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 the um, um, in the room where the Maastricht Treaty was uh, was signed. Uh, so, and we had great discussions, and you know, um, very international and really nice. Um, but we also needed a bit of, you know, funding, uh, a, a money um, organization, um, and so on, and and influence, of course, and and that is why in about 2014 the initiative was there to establish a steering committee, uh, so people can vote uh, on member on people who want to be a member of the steering committee, just like me, um, 
Um, so uh, next, uh, within one year, uh, we again have new elections. Um, so everyone who likes um, who likes to work and likes to um, have uh, some uh, success uh, can be a candidate. And um, so that is the steering committee as the as the umbrella uh, board actually. Um, and then we have a system with the coordinators, uh, country coordinators, we call them. And um, we have quite a lot of them. Um, I think that's about uh, at least something like 30 uh, with different different co coordinators in different countries. And, you know, all, they all different. They have different um, uh, speeds, uh, to say it like that. Uh, some are very active and some others don't know really <laughs> how to do that. But um, uh, the, the result is that we have very active uh, uh, national departments in that way. Um, for instance, in France, um, where people meet and um, they meet in, 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 in cities, in bars and in wherever, um, uh, but now online, of course. Uh, they organize big conferences. Uh, so for now, I have a, um, a request to do an online uh, conference on wine, uh, the position of uh, wine growers, uh, which in France is uh, very much under pressure, uh, certainly in these COVID times. Um, yeah, you really don't expect that bad. We, of course, have the uh, COVID uh, online a sequence which we are doing with different um, uh, coordinators. Well, really, uh, we had a, an online conference on um, the situation in uh, Belarus and in Lebanon. And uh, so that's the new um, online environment we are creating. But normally we are, we are very active in, in bars and so on, in uh, very small groups and then in bigger conferences all over Europe with these uh, coordinators. So, yeah, that's uh, the coordinators. It's the steering committee. And then we have our delegates. Uh, you can also be a delegate if you really would like to stand up for uh, your liberal values and um, you can organize the uh, resolutions brought up uh, by Aim for Europe within the um, All-Party Congress. Um, and then you can defend your own resolutions in a, in a, in a way, make sure that uh, you have to lobby, etc. make sure that uh, we get enough votes. I've been a member for some time now, and you can start slow to our listeners that are getting, you know, um, excited with the idea you can start small like pascal would say just go for a beer you know, go for a coffee talk about liberalism and then start growing from that all the way to getting in contact with steering committees because i do know uh, and uh, pascal correct me if i'm wrong there's still the possibilities of presenting projects to the steering committee right uh yes a uh, steering committee has uh in a way a bit of money to do some Projects, political projects, and um, um, but uh, but you know, and there have been very little gatherings in these COVID times, of course. So that means uh, we are having uh, some money in us um, extra 
to uh, to invest. Uh, so if there are any any projects which of course have to uh, be um, take care of, of what's going on, um, then everybody is really free to uh, you know to send us their initiative. Perfect. Get to know whatever it's the person in charge in your home country. If there isn't, become one and get get the ball rolling. Now, uh, another question now, uh, Pascal, a little more of philosophical bend, which is, how, what is your objectives as a member of steering committee? So where do you see the organization going in the future? What would be the, not the best case scenario, because that ones are very hard to achieve, but a good case scenario, something that you will like to when once you're done with your time at the steering committee to look back and say i we did this <laughs> yeah 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 well i um uh, i know that by the time i there was the, the there were these elections for the steering committee and then i thought okay um i was asked to um to be a candidate and uh so i think about uh but what would what would be my my target what You know, what would I like to to establish there uh, within two or maybe four years? Um, so I thought actually that, um, uh, in my view, um, aim for Europe is within, let's say, two or four years, a um, pan-European organization or like movement, and that is people that you know that. Um, People in politics, um, people who know uh, European politics, um, that they have heard from Aim for Europe, um, mm -hmm. because Aim for Europe was pointing at Mr. Orban, saying what he was doing was was wrong, because um, uh, Aim for Europe was going to Warsaw to uh, tell the people that uh, the rights of LHBTI people are very important, um, a very vulnerable position. And, you know, uh, that we are, because we're doing that, that we are in newspapers and um, uh, that we are recognized by European Parliament members as a organization which has influence, uh, which have great ideas. And um, maybe also tell us what European liberals really want. Because that is very interesting if you're talking about philosophy, uh, philosophy I think, like political philosophy, that um, it is very interesting to, to, to say, hey, um, we have a discussion um, in the European Parliament and um, you still see that, that national member parties within other um, do have the tendency to think on a national base, although they are in uh, in Brussels or in Strasbourg in the European Parliament. So the outcome of a uh, survey um, within you within Aim for Europe among the members can be completely different than the outcome of a vote in uh, uh, in the European Parliament. By, by liberals, uh, by all the party, uh, by, I have to say, of course, a Renew Europe. Well, you guys have been doing a 
fantastic job and like you said gaining that popularity and and attention from MEPs and from the press and I commend you for the work you do now tell us where people can get involved surely everybody actually can uh, can be involved um, because uh, of course first of all you have to be a member so you go to elderparty.eu and um, you follow you know the lines to um, to uh, become a member of uh, of uh, aim um, and then um, you can join for instance our uh, Facebook group uh, we have a closed uh, Facebook group where you can debate uh, there are about 1200 members there and um, so they they bring on the news and from everywhere and in, in Europe from a, like different expe- different angle uh, an angle that we normally don't get when we are uh, you know within our own country um, it's it's always very much filtered and uh, in this Facebook group it's it's really you know challenging and uh, really interesting so. That's what you can do, and uh, we will have different thematical groups. Uh, we are forming them now, which is quite new. Um, I myself am involved in a in a working group on um, European public health, and I know there are some people trying to uh, build now a uh, thematical group on foreign policy. And um, so, if you like to join, you would love to discuss on whatever subject um i like to build something like a thematic group on that uh you could just start it uh you know tell us uh ask us for support then you know after that uh you can talk about the subject and um maybe maybe aim for resolutions as i would say i'm gonna put all the links on the show notes for both the other party site, how to get to aim for Europe, also on the, on the Facebook page. Well, listen, this has been great. I've been waiting for some time to uh, have this conversation about aim for Europe, and I was very glad to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for talking to me, and again, thank you so much to uh, let us know more about aim for Europe. Anton, thank you so much for your hospitality. I'm back just to remind you that you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and Spotify. And if you like it, give us a five-star review. In that way, you can help us spread even more liberal values and ideas. And now for some of the events organized by ELF for this month of May. During this month, we're going to have the ELF webinar on the agenda with Conference on the Future of Europe. What can we expect? In this webinar, we're going to have Asya Kavrakova, the executive director of ECESH, and also Dr. Antonio Nestoras from European Liberal Forum, and the help of Carmen de Camp as a moderator. This is a very important seminar that we're going to have because it leads to other products that we're preparing about the conference on the future of Europe. So keep in tune with this. Keep following our page, liberalforum.eu forward slash events for more information.
And this is all for now, but I'll be back soon with more podcasts. Until then, let's keep making the world a better place. The Liberal Europe podcast is organized by the European Liberal Forum with the support of Movimento Liberal Social in Portugal. This podcast is co-founded by the European Parliament, and the European Parliament is not responsible for the contents of this podcast or any news that may be made of it. The views expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the European Parliament and or the European Liberal Forum. <laughs> <laughs>